Hi folks, thanks so much for listening and welcome to episode 8 of Women, Work and Wisdom. My name is Diane Lai and I thank you all for your feedback. Yes, I understand the sound quality for Sandy's interview wasn't great. We were in a beautiful big yoga space. I'm definitely getting better at figuring out how to record and how to better get improved sound quality when we're in all these different places. I really do enjoy going to their place of work or a place that the interviewee is comfortable. So I will definitely work on making sure that our sound quality gets better. Please rate us on iTunes and Google Play. Please rate us on SoundCloud. And again, thank you so much for all of your feedback. Our website is womenworkwisdom.com, spelled W-O-M-E-N. Our email is womenworkwisdom at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Hi, folks. Today's guest is Terry Ellis, partner at RSM Canada, Market Development and Growth. We talk so much about her transitions and with the amazing changes that she's made from being a formal golf pro to being a partner at RSM Canada, a tax and accounting firm. Terry started out really wanting to be a vet when she was young, doing a variety of changes and different degrees while going through university and postgraduate degrees. Her time as a golf pro at 23 and as a single mom. Her highly curious nature and her confidence in not being afraid to ask questions and evaluate the risk when making some big changes. So advice she would give herself is really to shadow a job and not be afraid to ask questions, to challenge your personal comfort zone, and to really evaluate the risks when making some big decisions and not be afraid to take some chances, try some things new. Anyway, without further ado, Terry Ellis. Thank you. One more thing I forgot to mention, Terry and I have a lengthy conversation about doing an MBA and I moved that conversation to the epilogue. Again, if you're interested in listening, I just felt that it was it's, it's definitely worth it if you're considering doing an MBA later on in your career. Thank you. Um, so my name is Terry Ellis. I am the partner responsible for market development and growth at RSM Canada. I, you know, I think I've redefined myself probably... I count probably four or five times already uh, based on I started my career I graduated from York University completely unaware I was so young and unaware of what I wanted to do and I graduated with an English degree went back and took some kinesiology I did a postgraduate PR uh, program I then went back and took a variety of economics finance and um, uh, accounting courses and I was totally and completely uh, lost and and it seemed like such a big world for me and one of the things that I had done when I was a young I was 11 and started to play golf and my parents dragged me to the golf and travel show in Toronto and I was inspired to go and talk to the CPGA at the time and then found myself becoming a golf professional and I was or 23 maybe um, and I, I tripped along in that and the TSN turning point for my change there was that I had a child and was having difficulty traveling with that child and and had played in a, a number of events across the country and, and quite frankly wasn't that great because you need to be great to make money and, and then I figured out I needed more than eight thousand dollars a year to live that's a reality check. Uh, and then I, I, I started scratching my head and thinking, what, what am I going to do with myself? And at the time I was teaching at Oakdale Golf and Country Club, one of the members was launching a business and had invited me to come and, and sell health spending accounts 
And at the time, health spending accounts were just kicking off in, in Canada as a concept uh, or an alternative for employee benefits. So I started that, fell into insurance. Ugh, I never saw myself there. So I very quickly redefined and pivoted from there. And then I ended up at, um, in, at BDO and, and into professional services. I've since been BDO, Deloitte, and now uh, RSM Canada. And, and it's been a, a journey in every transition. I've had the ability to redefine who I was and the value that I was bringing back to an organization. And it's funny, I, I, I look at myself now and I think, boy, how did I, how do I get to be a partner in an accounting, tax and consulting firm in downtown Toronto? I am not a CPA. And how does that happen? And, and I, I, when I reflect on it, it's really because of the people that I've surrounded myself with who think differently. Wow. That's an amazing journey. Um, I think probably you're of an era where there were very few women pro golfers and they really just only started making money recently, like real money. Yeah, yeah. I think when I was playing, well, even when I think I was playing, I think there was 50 maybe on the tour uh, all across Canada. So, yeah. And, and, and I was limited to be able to travel because I had had a child fairly young and so of course I couldn't drag him cross-border or international and and quite frankly living out of a trunk of a car wasn't something that excited me at all. Wow so I, I know you, you kind of said you 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 fell into different things right but at, at the same point I think opportunities presented themselves that allowed you to capitalize on it. Uh, yeah absolutely and I, so one of my personality traits is I'm highly curious I, I need to understand how things work and I need to see it in my mind and and so often uh, a lot of the opportunities came because I was in conversation with people and asking more about well, how does that work well tell me more about that and, okay so I don't understand and and so is that curiosity that actually started to open a variety of doors for me with opportunities and and then that that curiosity led me to go hey I should go try this I don't even know what this is but I think I can do it <laughs> so which then leads to just driving a bit more being confident enough to to ask the questions and being confident enough then when when a door does open being able to step through it so where you currently are today is it where you imagined you would be and what you'd be doing? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I actually, so I had grand aspirations to be a veterinarian. Uh, so as soon as I realized the workload, I totally bailed on that idea. Um, and hence the kinesiology courses, because I thought that I would be a physiotherapy and thought I was definitely destined for, for at least healthcare and, and, and combining that with a bit of teaching. and. However, that's not where I landed. And, and again, those are because the opportunities didn't, didn't come up. And so I just continued to throw risk aside and just walk through every door that opened. And here I am today. And I'm proud of it, quite frankly, and sometimes incredibly shocked and surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's inspiring because I think a lot of people assume you're just supposed to know what you're going to do, right? And, and from a relatively young age, where in essence, that's really not the case, right? You think you know, and it just changes as life presents itself. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree. In fact, if I had to give any advice, so we, I've got two, two, um, 
I don't even know that you call them adolescents anymore, in their early 20s, looking at what their futures look like. And one specifically is traveling the world and, 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 and she's struggling to figure out what she's trying to do. And so one of, one of the pieces of advice that we give is you don't have to decide right now. And if anything, go live life and go job shadow or just go get involved and you'll figure out what's attractive to you and you'll migrate in that, that direction regardless. Yeah, so I think the feeling of loss we all go through and maybe not everybody admits it, right, along the journey that they actually didn't know and don't know and are still figuring it out. I'd agree. There's lots of pressure. I've been to lots of dinners where people go, hey, Joe, how's university? What do you want to do? And I find myself asking those same questions too. Oh, what are you going to do? (laughs) So yeah, it's a a real challenge. (laughs) Were there milestones or seminal moments in your career that gave you pause, shock, or a desire for change? Um, So my name, my life, uh, whether it's an early divorce when I was young or, uh, you know, issues with my, my own child and there's lots of those personal moments that create opportunity to come to a screeching halt and think, oh, what am I doing? Have I even got the right idea? And am I spending too much time there and not enough time here? And so am I prioritizing uh, the right way? And what does that look like? And so there's, I have to say, there's lots of moments. And I, I actually wouldn't even pin down one specific moment that was the TSN turning point because I have a number of them. Um, I used to be a single mother making barely anything and uh, barely able to put food on our table. And and I was able to turn it around. And like I said, I look back, I go, wow, how how did I get here? (laughs) I don't know how I did it. And it was really, I was incredibly persistent and I persevered and I saw them. I never saw myself as, I'm never going to be able to overcome this. I never saw myself as... uh, victim I always tried to come up with okay I'd have these mental talks to myself okay Terry there's a hundred ways to skin a cat how are you going to get yourself out of this and how do you start to move forward from here and what do you need to have conversations with people to help you get there and that's really if I had to summarize I would be kind of my message wow so in those moments though it's easy to fall into despair right for people that are struggling to you know just put food on the table and feed a child right so was there a support network that you had whether it's family and friends that kind of helped you through that journey oh yeah i don't want to i don't want to let you believe that i'm so incredibly strong that i was a wonder woman every day because i wasn't and there's lots of days where my parents would pick me up off the floor come on get to work <laughs> brush me off uh, I'm, I'm married again I've been married for 15 years my husband's fantastic he's my biggest supporter <laughs> uh, yeah so sorry makes me more emotional so he's my biggest supporter he often will he's my champion encourages me to stay focused on all of the um, the good that's in the in 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 work and all the opportunities, and he also lets me sit in it some days, right? So it's okay to be yeah. uh, in despair. Or it's okay to be feeling oh, it's too heavy of this load for me to carry. And yeah, so it's you know you can sit in it, but then you have to get out of it. <laughs> you sure. have to move on. Yeah. So how do you find how do you define success for yourself now? Oh, that's a great question. So I, 
I think I define success just every day I have moments of little pieces of success where I think that I've added a little bit of value to either a dialogue or a perspective or people hear what I have to say and go actually that's a great yeah that's a great way to look at it we actually hadn't looked at it that way yeah let's reframe this dialogue and then of course from a just my role of course I, I lead a team of people so their feedback and their tenure in our firm really to me is indicative their experience reflects on the efforts that I'm trying to make so I think all of those so it's the small micro day-to-day successes and then there's the larger successes are we actually implementing our strategy uh, or is my team happy uh, is my husband happy are we good and that's that's and then are we taking time for for ourselves and am I taking time for me so uh, there's a whole bunch of criteria in that that I would define as success okay excellent what was the boldest or riskiest career move you ever made and how did you evaluate the risk reward hmm that's a great uh, so so a I think it's the transition away from golf professional because <laughs> I was known I had a I had a, a group of clients um, I had to build a network in in the industry itself so that was probably my my riskiest uh, I have two actually uh, that's the first one and and evaluating it was well just general life needs a single parent what do I need how do I need to make this happen that we're all comfortable and looked after so of course your Maslow hierarchy of needs kicks in right you have to meet basic needs the second one was leaving Deloitte and coming actually to our predecessor firm and I had met with the managing partner here and I was actually leaving the industry altogether I decided that I wasn't sure that I was um, that there was a lot of future here for for me in professional services and and mainly because I wasn't a CPA and I looked at the world differently and when I came to meet Harry a friend insisted that I do so Um, we had a we had set up a one-hour meeting it turned into a three-hour meeting and he asked me to develop a proposal for what I thought that uh, I could I could do to help his firm and that was a great opportunity but huge risk in the fact that I actually had to deliver on everything that I said that I thought I could do and uh, so I did I built the proposal and you know a week later I was offered a role uh, and so for me that was a great uh, it was a great learning experience the fact that okay I said I could do it and then I questioned whether I could do it even though I'd put it on paper and then ultimately have done it. So we've grown uh, the firm. When I joined, it was $34 million. We're 54. uh, And I've been here for four years. So, and if growth is the mandate, we've like, that's success. That's huge success. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So where would you think you got your confidence from? Because that's an unbelievable, like, I'm, I'm just going to state it. It's an unbelievable amount of confidence, right, in yourself, even if you had moments of doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope it's, so it's funny, right? I'm going to say the most female thing ever, that I hope it's confidence and not arrogance, right? Like, because I think there's um, a, a nice balance in that. So, but I think it's just because I've been knocked down uh, and then I pick myself up again and I, and I try things and I go, hey, hey, this worked holy smokes. 
okay, yeah. good. Hey, I'm going to try it again. And then that just gives me the confidence to try more. And, and it's, it's silly things. So I used to go to conferences and I would have a hundred questions right of the panel. And I was, I was always too afraid to stand up in a room of people and ask a question. So then I, I, I challenged myself to do it. And I said, okay, Terry, one goal, every time you go to these events, you have to get up and you have to ask one question. They're always good questions because I would be thinking it and someone else would ask it. So I know it's legitimate questions. So then I, I just created, and I just practiced. And then I practiced and I continue to do it in meetings I have to ask a question it's just something that it's I'm thinking it I have to have the confidence to say it wow excellent and you know everybody is hoping somebody asks the panel questions right right right, right. the panel's opening they get asked questions and people are engaged and that's just one small way to build confidence right and at the end of the day it's just pushing yourself to get a little bit out of your comfort zone and then you realize you can do it and it could be anything. Listen, when I learned how to ski when I was 27 years old. <laughs> so, so, and that was way outside my comfort zone. <laughs> and now I'm confident and can go on big mountains. So, so it's really just getting outside of that and trying on something a bit different. Excellent. So have you found that things have gotten better or worse for women in the workplace in the last 10 years? Um, so... So you probably aren't going to like my answer and you probably are going to think, why am I interviewing this woman? So it's funny, I never, I never look at anything through the lens of gender. It, so well, I try not to. Um, I, I think the opportunities are there if you, if you are open to taking them. And I would like to think, and based on my experience, like I still see women, strong, powerful women around the same tables. And like I was at BDO, there was fantastic women at Deloitte, fantastic women here, fantastic women. And that's definitely spanned 10 years or more. So I haven't, I do think that there's opportunities. And I, I, I like to think that they've just gotten more and more prevalent. I do note there's still the huge discrepancy in wage and income earnings between the same levels. So that's definitely clear and still persistent and unacceptable. Um, But I think that the opportunity for women is is great. No, I love love the answer because I think we're portrayed as predominantly victims. So it's inspiring to know that you know not everybody feels that way and opportunities are are there for the taking right right yeah Yeah, i think so and your experience has been positive which i think is needs to be said yeah right yeah and and by the way when like i wouldn't actually subject myself to working in an environment that wasn't supportive of that so i also whether i was aware of it or whether i made it deliberate and meaningful i was also you know searching for that as well because right, those are my fundamental beliefs. We're just equal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, where you came from. We're all we're all equal. We're all skilled, and we all bring something valuable to the table. And so, I I expect to work in a workplace that looks like that. I think sports has a lot to do with the meritocracy, though, right? That that uh, impression. And what I mean by that is, like, in on the sports field you have to be good to compete right so it levels the playing field it's not about gender it's about how hard you worked how talented you are and then it seems like in a in a, in a lot of instances you kind of followed that through your career right and it was the same kind of meritocracy mm-hmm. so you didn't look through 
things through a lens of gender. Mm-hmm. There was right. no need to. I yeah. didn't need to, yeah. Now, that being said, the women's tees are further up than the men's tees, but that's biology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did you have a mentor along your journey? And how did you come together? Or mentors? I, uh, I, feel, I feel like my... I, so the yeah, short answer is yes and lots. Um, but I, I haven't... It hasn't been a deliberate seeking out and defining a mentorship role where I've approached somebody and and said, will you be my mentor? My mentors have happened really by chance, um, by need. So they've evolved from a relationship and then at a time where I was having an issue, you know, for instance, how do I structure my team or how do I... How do I manage the leadership? Or how do I communicate in ways that uh, I could be heard? Or so there was a variety of different issues and, and it was really me engaging in conversations and asking people that I thought might be able to help me resolve those issues or give me some strategies to deal with that, that started to build more of a mentor relationship. And depending on the various roles that I was in, it resulted in different people. So there's no clear cut answer. Um, like I said, it was never defined as, hey, will you be my mentor? It was really a natural evolution of a relationship and 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 an openness, I think, frankly, on my part of, of putting my hand up and saying, hold on, I'm stuck here. Can someone help me? And I, I think you can because I've seen you in a leadership role. So how should I behave in this situation? And then that's created those opportunities for discussion. Okay, excellent. So again, there was no fear of asking for help. Right, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you though, sometimes when I think about the mentorship, sometimes I, because I, I have a formal mentor right now, or a formal coach, and um, you know, he, he's often asking me, so what's going on? What are you dealing with? Where are you struggling with? And there's some, there's blind spots that I don't know that I'm struggling because I don't know that I don't know. And so it, it's really sometimes just being open to talk about what's happening in my day to day that I start to realize that there's opportunity for me to be learning other things that obviously is not even on my radar. So I'm not putting my hand up on some of those things, but it's just being open enough to have a dialogue to here's what's going on and then, and then be open enough to receive feedback. For sure. Right? Yes. Um, and I, I think that's awesome, right? Like not everybody recognizes that there's learnings to be had, right? right. Especially in a position of power or leadership. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that sounds like something that's encouraged throughout your organization as well. Uh, yes, absolutely. I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give your younger self if there were any key insights, right, that you mm. could tell your younger 20-year-old self? Yeah, I would have, I, you know, I felt a lot of pressure to be, like I said, we, I married young, I had a child very young. I think I would have just, I would have, I would have taken that pressure off myself. I, I would have said, it's okay, not, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You don't have to, you don't have to live that life. You can go, you can define it and you should probably just go try on a whole bunch of things before you actually decide you're going to be a grown up. Because I thought I was a grown up and jumped into a grown up role very quickly, and I didn't. I didn't need to. And for some reason, I, in my head, thought I needed to. And by the way, this I wasn't getting external pressure to do that. It was just 
I thought I had this vision and I thought that that's what it was supposed to look like and it doesn't so the map wasn't as you thought right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah well it didn't turn out even the map that I started didn't turn out to where it finished right so yes for sure yeah yeah and then um you know when you have discussions with your son about that time when you were playing golf and being you know does he have any thoughts or reflections during that time no he was (coughs) so young so he doesn't really even remember it I'm sure I remember we were playing it there's a Canadian ladies event and we're in Whirlpool and um, I think I'm shooting I'm playing awful awful and I've spent a lot of money to have caddy hotel for four days a babysitter feeding four of us uh, and and my son at this event and I'm walking down the 18th hole I think I'm gonna shoot 82 it was awful <laughs> I was embarrassed and I you know I can tell you that I empathize every time I see our Olympic athletes crying on the ice for instance yeah. I totally know that <laughs> feeling of just you're so tough on yourself and you work so hard so I'm walking down the 18th hole I've got my son on my shoulders and the next day I'm on the front page of the paper and yet Lori Kane won the won the tournament and and the paper could only talk about how women are balancing life with their children and athletic sports and that that wasn't the point I wasn't there for that I was there to win a golf tournament or at least play better and maybe win more than eight thousand (laughs) dollars but so yeah so you know that was kind of when we talk about TSN turning points I was one in my life where I was okay this is not for me because I this isn't the dialogue that I want to have. I want to have a dialogue that I'm a champion and uh, this fantastic golf professional. And then when I looked in the mirror, I went, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not that good. It's <laughs> a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> I think that's so interesting because they would never say that about a male golfer, right? The no, media, they would never say They it. would never say Ever. balancing family and golf. And yet you see, and you do see it, right? You see, you see the professionals as they walk off the 18th hole, their wife and children come up and they're holding a trophy with the child in their arms. You actually see it in every professional sport, but it's never the dialogue. They never frame it that way. They never frame it that way. It's about who won. Right. And the only picture on the front page is the winner. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, right? Yeah. So that's probably a lesson to the media as well, though, right? Because athletes don't want to be viewed for their family. They want to be viewed for winning. Yeah, exactly. And their efforts. And their efforts and their time on the field, for sure. Right. So is there anything else you would like to talk about? Um, Any other milestone moments or advice for those starting their own journeys? I think my only advice, and I probably said it 10 times already, is just be curious. And, and you don't have to just do, and you don't have to make a decision immediately and do the one thing that you've been focusing on. There's lots of opportunities for our youth to be job shadowing. And there's so many opportunities. In fact, it's probably overwhelming, I think, for for people. Yeah, I even learned today new opportunities I didn't even know existed as a career. So I would I would encourage and my less my message would be to really try and go and explore those opportunities and job shadow and just understand what a day in the life looks like. Uh, 
and, and expect that there's going to be change and you will redefine yourself. And there'll be moments where you redefine yourself because there's a personal uh, incident or you have a family or there's a move or there's a change in business. So it's about A, being open, B, being curious, and then C, being flexible. And so the, those are the three things that I think are required in order to really look at what the future might look like when you're looking at it from a you know, freshly graduate, fresh out of school lens. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, Terry. Thank that you. Was awesome. Hi folks, Terry Ellis. Wow. Again, such an inspiration to go from being a golf pro to a partner in an accounting firm, RSM Canada, in charge of market development and growth. I was completely blown away by her confidence, how articulate Terry is, and the ability to reinvent yourself multiple times. Some key insights that she gave us was always be curious, don't have to decide what you want to be to those of you just graduating or undecided or hating what you're doing right now. You can definitely reinvent yourself, change careers, job shadow, be curious and ask for advice. Don't be afraid to ask questions and definitely seek insights into the many, many opportunities that exist out there for you. Terry also was considering doing an MBA, so I moved that conversation to the end after this extra. And we really talk about doing the executive MBA, which I did in 2002 as a lifelong learner and a real believer in re-educating yourself, especially when you're going through a transition or a job change. And you can actually hear our conversation. So again, please rate us on Google Play and iTunes. Our website is womenworkwisdom.com, W-O-M-E-N. Our email address is womenworkwisdom at gmail.com. I look forward to all of your feedback and thanks so much for listening. Cheers. So all the noise happening before Terry and I just start talking is basically me setting up the mic and getting the recording all set up, as well as we're just sort of chit-chatting before we start that, and Terry asked me some questions regarding the MBA. I want to again apologize for the recording. We were in a boardroom and the fans started, so again, I am getting better at figuring that out, but wanted to say the recording quality will continue to improve. Thank you. Questions for you. Okay, sure. You MBA. So you went back to do your executive MBA? I did. Yeah, and did you get value out of it? So I kind of said this, um, when I went to Waterloo, it cost me 40 grand, and I was yeah. a neophyte, a right? Money, right? Like yeah. 18 and knew nothing. Yeah. And without that, I would never have gone on to do the millions of things and opportunities that that allowed me to do. When I went back to do my MBA, I was a bit disillusioned with work, and the technology and the boys club and a whole bunch of things and it was a great time for me but it was a lot of money it was a hundred grand yeah it's a and ton it of was money. a lot <laughs> and it was self-funded but I chose to do it in Chicago um, because I wanted the I wanted the network I wanted to broaden my yeah Yes. Right? Yeah. And so in hindsight absolutely was it, wor- it was worth it because now that's um, 2002 and I graduated in 2005. I was probably one of the youngest in my class. So the executive is... It was the executive MBA, right? Yeah. So the average age was about 47. Yep. And is not a lot right? of women. Yeah, not a lot of women. Huh. And most were corporately sponsored. So it was senior to middle management yes. within large yes. organizations. 
And I think, yeah, the experience, um, and again, not so much the classroom, but the peer group was amazing because I had only had a lens of technology, right? Very short life cycles, overnight, mm -hmm. obsolete, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A very different from traditional brick and mortar businesses mm -hmm. or finance or healthcare. Mm -hmm. So the peer group was worth it. That's interesting. Um, and I think if you look at it that way, right, then the, the, the network and the exposure just to industries where you you have no lens. Yeah, but now they have it. But so it took you three years. Two. Two. Two and a half. But now there's like you can do it a months. year. Yeah. 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 I've been I've been looking at it for the last four years, contemplating it. By the way, would you be able to get I sponsored? Don't, I don't know. Or I'll partially. See. I'll see. Yeah. I tried to delay it and they wouldn't. They did and then they stopped their program, and uh, so I tried it there. And I actually got accepted to the Queen's exec Executive MBA program, but again, that'd be fine. I'd be happy to even just build my network here in Canada. Yeah. Right. But so Queen's is a great program. Rotman's has a great yeah. program. I mean, there's so many really great yeah. programs now, yeah. and people come from all over the world now. Yeah. To yeah. Canadian programs, so I think it, like mm. I should re I should rethink about it. Was it a lot of work? Were you overwhelmed? It was a ton of work. Ton of work. And again, it's more because you don't want to let your peer group down. Right, right. Right? The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the challenges you're put in a group with other peers, and you don't want to be the lightweight, yeah. which is good. Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's thinking the same. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's very motivating, right? Yeah. As well as it yeah. puts a ton of pressure on yourself to not be the underperformer right yeah, and and yeah. obviously some people had positive experiences in their groups and others not so I had a great group we still drank together today. <laughs> even better yeah you know yeah. lifelong friends yeah, you so. become social yeah yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. it's huh. and it's it's quite intense so huh. you spend a lot of time together yeah 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 oh, see there you go yeah Maybe that's the value of us having a chat. Maybe. <laughs> so I, I would love 